0: Welcome into this week's edition of The Left Turn. Jacob Blair here with you as we dive into the world of motorsports, what is still going on both in the real world and the virtual world during the COVID 19 concerns and outbreaks and shutdowns. And just keep everyone up to date on where we are currently, especially with scheduling in terms of the NASCAR season. And it's really hard to put together a schedule. As we move forward with this, we, we've we seen IndyCar put out some proposed schedules, and then Detroit got canceled for the IndyCar series. So, both of those, that, that double header is gone. They've added a double header at Iowa. They've also added a double header at Laguna Seca. So, they're starting to get really creative now, trying to find some things, at least on the IndyCar side, to, to try to do their. Looking at still adding some races at the end. They added a second road course race at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So they, they're still trying to, to get 14, 15 races in. But as this continues, uh, they're still starting to lose races, especially on the, the IndyCar side. Detroit was canceled just because that it's a street course. Street courses take a while to build. And uh, the build time, the start time to start getting that ready with the hot spot being Detroit they were not able to get that one ready but what this all means in terms of NASCAR is where are they at with this right now still on on the NASCAR schedule looking at getting everything set they were wanting to get back ready to go by Martinsville however that with Virginia extending their stay at home order it's just a a situation where as a sport there really isn't a way to go yet and what everyone is looking at doing wanting to get back going at Martinsville that has not been completely canceled yet it is still on NASCAR's schedule after that is Charlotte for the all-star race and the all-star open and the weekend after that's the Coca-Cola 600 on May 24th so I don't think Martinsville will happen and i don't know if it'd be worth coming back first week for the all star race and the all star open so i think we're still looking at memorial day weekend probably best case scenario when we get fired back up in the nascar world still think it could go into june before we really get going but nascar has not put out a, a schedule as of yet i think they're still waiting on really waiting on a, a confirmed okay this is when we can actually get back going waiting on someone to get that information to them and until then there really isn't a reason to put out a schedule i kind of agree with that don't put anything out if you have to change it again wait till it actually needs to get going we're hearing double headers we're hearing midweek races and if they want to get 36 races in that's what needs to be done some other news out of the nascar world is the twenty twenty. The next-gen car set to come next year in 2021 has been entirely pushed now to 2022. We mentioned last week that it had been postponed. However, now we know it is postponed all the way to 2022, and this creates a difficult situation for teams. I think some of the teams really wanted to see this car come in next year. The consensus is that although it's a little bit more expensive in the upfront cost, it'll be a lot cheaper. To continue running these cars and the, the, the current race cars, however, we'll have to wait another year on that just because the, the testing, getting it ready to go, has been delayed long enough. And NASCAR kind of, kind of talked about last week, maybe they'd go the, the car of tomorrow route. They, they went with that car in terms of bringing it in for, for part of a season, see if they did that with this next-gen car, but they're not going to do that. It'll just be 2022 before we see that race car in terms of other nascar news the hall of fame nominees for the 2021 class of the nascar hall of fame were released today the way it works there's a modern era ballot and then there's a pioneer era ballot that pioneer era is someone that started their career 60 years before where we are today so if you look at 2021 to be anyone that started their career before 1961 But on that modern-era ballot, there's Neil Bonnet, 18 Cup Series wins, a couple Coca-Cola 600 wins. Jeff Burton, 21 wins, a Southern 500 win, and two World 600s or Coca-Cola 600s. Dale Earnhardt Jr., a 15-time Cup Series winner, or excuse me, a 15-time most popular series driver, two Xfinity Series champions, a Cup Series winner as well. Carl Edwards did make the list his first year able to be on the ballot, a 28 Cup Series wins to his credit, and a 2007 Xfinity Series championship. Harry Gantt on the ballot, 18 Cup Series winners, including two of those Southern 500 victories, and those when talking about Hall of Fame drivers, it's championships, it's races won, but then it's also those those crown jewel event wins being the, the World 600 and now the Coca-Cola 600, the Southern 500, the Daytona 500, and then you can add some, some Brickyard 400s into that as well. Harry Hyde, the 1970 NASCAR Cup Series Championship crew chief is on the list, and in terms of modern era he is the only crew chief on the list larry phillips back on the ballot this year in terms of the, the short track world and that's what makes hall of fame for nascar so tough is it's not just the top level it's not just the cup series it includes xfinity it includes trucks and it includes everything below that too in the wheel and all american series and that's where larry phillips did a lot of his damage in, in terms of winning races was able to, to put together a lot of wins he's on the list. Ricky Rudd, a nominee this year, 23-time NASCAR Cup Series winner, won the 1997 Brickyard 400. Kirk Shelmerdine, excuse me, a four-time Cup Series champion crew chief, so he is the second crew chief, misspoke there earlier on that one, but Shelmerdine on the list, and then Mike Stefanik, nine different NASCAR championships. That is the modern era ballot, and A lot of really good race car drivers, a lot of really good crew chiefs on this list, but we're now seeing the NASCAR Hall of Fame, it started up so late that we had to get all of the legends of the sports, the Richard Petty's, the Dale Earnhardt's, those guys into the Hall of Fame. Now, you look at where we are for 2021, we kind of have caught up a little bit and might be the weakest class we've seen it doesn't mean it's a bad class it just means that i think that uh in terms of who makes it in this year won't be quite near who is made it in up until this point right now the way i look, the look at this is dale earnhardt jr will get in although he's on track resume i i'm a i believe maybe his on track resume doesn't get him into the hall of fame It's not all entirely what you did on the track, and Dale Earnhardt Jr. did a lot for the sport off the track, and a lot of it had to do with the popularity, but Dale Earnhardt Jr. will get in. I think Carl Edwards, you look at that as well, in terms of winners on the list, the winningest driver on the list, 28 Cup Series wins, close to a championship. I think the one thing with Carl is you look at he really didn't have many of those crown jewel victories, and then where any of these other, I think Neil Bonnet could be there. Harry Gant might get in. I think Jeff Burton this year, at least, would have an argument. And next year when we get Matt Kenseth, I think Kenseth will be a first-time ballot into the Hall of Fame, but he's not on the list this year. So looking at where everyone's at, I think Larry Phillips, it's a good year for him to get in. But really anyone on this list, I think it's really close and wouldn't surprise me if anyone on the Modern Era ballot got in. Terms of the Pioneer ballot, Jake Elder on the list. He's a three-time Cup Series champion. Crew chief Red Farmer on the list. Banjo Matthews, Herschel McGriff, and Ralph Moody on the list as well. Red Farmer, I think that's a name a lot of people have heard, and he could get in there. Ralph Moody as well, but again, these are names that really we don't. A lot of people don't know a lot about, and that's why I think it's it's a smart idea to separate the modern era from the, the pioneer ballot, just because you don't want to throw some some guys voters, even voters may never have heard of or have know little about up against a little bit of that that recency bias we see with like Carl Edwards and Dale Earnhardt Jr. Then the landmark award given out each year Janet Guthrie, Alvin Hawkins, Mike Hilton, and Doctor Joseph Matoli and Ralph Seagraves are the five nominees for the landmark award that was just announced and voting will take place and all the class of 2021 will be listed at a later date two will be voted in on the modern era ballot and one will come from the pioneer ballot so just three nominees into the hall of fame this year that takes care of everything on in terms of real life racing we did have some sim racing again this week the Indy cars were at Birmingham running the Honda Indy Grand Prix of Alabama on iRacing, and it wasn't all about Sage Carom this week like it was one week ago at Watkins Glen. Karam was f- one of the fastest cars on the track, but he and Felix Rosenquist got involved in an incident. Rosenquist went on to finish sixth, but Sage Karam finished in the 27th position. Led 24 laps, but ended up falling short scott mclaughlin a driver that's not yet made a real world indie car start was scheduled to do so this season now have to figure out with his supercar schedule over in australia how that will work can he get over to run races i think a lot of people are excited to see him run a penske car but he gets the win led 12 laps will power was second scott speed third Alex Plough in fourth, and then Simon Pagano in fifth. I think regardless, though, the the one of the coolest stories is Robert Wickens finished in the eighth position. They got his sim up and running using hand controls and showed he's he's very adaptable, able to finish in the sixth, in the eighth position, and put together a stellar run. Jimmy Johnson, he finished in the twelfth position. Drivers, we didn't see one week ago. James Hinchcliffe. and and Ed Carpenter, you also look at a Scott Dixon. They were able to compete in this race as well. So 29 cars in this race. Wouldn't see that many in the actual race there just because with iRacing, there's unlimited entries uh, for for teams and you can put more cars in than maybe your, your team would run, such as AJ Foyt technically had three entries in this. They'd only have two in real life, stuff like that. So 29 cars. They added a competition caution this week. Rather than running 45 laps green, they added that caution. On iRacing, there are no cautions on the road courses unless they are manually called. The system does not call them, so they called one at lap 15. It kind of changed things up a little bit, forced a little bit of strategy, and mixed things up a little bit more. On the NASCAR side of the sim racing world, well, they were at Bristol, and something to mention about bristol and iRacing for those that are on the service they know this for those that are not i will explain it there is a well-known fact that iRacing and bristol are two things that don't match in any way whatsoever they're normally wreck fest no matter what race you run no matter when you run it it is simply a wreck fest and i think some of that sits with bristol so much happens so quickly you don't have real life spotters you don't have the seal the feel of the seat of your pants and you're just sitting there visually trying to handle everything at the same time and it's in terms of everything happening with a little bit of information you get it is so difficult to run and not run into each other there and then you take a lot of drivers that are new to the service new to iRacing and it just did not mix well i also think you have a mix of drivers that are between this yeah this is a real race this is serious you have another mix of drivers that hey this is just fun I'm okay with bouncing off of people and it led to what we saw on Sunday which was not a good race it it was tough to watch it was really a demo derby I think when they continue on and are on the next race at Richmond it'll be much much better just had to get through Bristol week and And Clint Boyer, he tweeted it out best, even though it was virtual. Only one person left happy. Everyone else was mad. That one happy person was William Byron led 116 laps of the 150-lap race and was able to finally get that NASCAR eNASCAR iRacing Pro Invitational Series win. So Byron gets the win. John Hunter Nemechek in second. Timmy Hill in third. So if there were points standing, I'm still waiting on those to actually pop up and and give us some point standings timmy hill would would be the point leader denny hamlin finished in the fourth position matt de benedetto finished fifth ryan priest sixth parker kligerman seventh tyler reddick eighth garrett smithley in ninth michael mcdowell in tenth so we continue to see those uh, those documented heavy eye racers still populating the front of the field some Couple couple contra- pieces of controversy out of out of this. Daniel Suarez was disqualified for his second race of the row. Kyle Larson also disqualified for uh, shenanigans on the racetrack that would not be allowed in real life. I don't think they'd either do that in real life as well. But they were purposely wrecking each other for laps and laps and laps. And finally, uh, iRacing and NASCAR said, get out of here. And so they did. The other piece... That had real world implications. Was an uh, incident with Bubba Wallace. Got involved in a crash with Clint Boyer. On the broadcast. Clint Boyer said he would wreck Bubba Wallace. And then did. And then Bubba Wallace. And essentially rage quit. And in gaming terms. That is when something goes wrong. And then just quit the game like that. And, and, and leave. And Bubba said some things on his Twitch stream as well. But. With this race, again, over a million people tuned in to watch. So real-life sponsors are jumping on board to get their brand out there. Blue Emu did that with Bubba Wallace. Uh, And Blue Emu, not real happy with, with Bubba Wallace. And they parted ways via Twitter. So it was a little bit petty by both Bubba and the company. But Blue Emu parted ways with Bubba Wallace due to his quitting and kind of cited that we don't want to support someone that that quits what if this happened on a a real life racetrack was the basis of their tweet and I I think it it shows two things it does show that I think drivers need to take this a little bit more seriously I mean all these drivers have their real life sponsors on their cars you look at Denny Hamlin; he's got FedEx You look at Clint Boyer, had Smithfield on the car this year. Kurt Busch has Monster Energy. Jimmy Johnson has Ally. All of these drivers are running their their real-world sponsors, so you still have to have a a little bit of that brand mentality that you have to have at the racetrack. You represent a company, and Blue Emil felt that Bubble Wallace did not do that. But I think it also shows something that I think is a little bit of a problem. It's just that the corporate aspect of the sport having to deal with sponsors is it kind of, gets rid of driver personality we see clint boyer kind of toe that line but for the most part sponsors don't want to see the personality in their driver and drivers are scared to show that in in case of sponsor backlash and we see that here bubba wallace is a a little bit of a fiery guy and then that happens and and then loses the sponsor. So I see it both ways. You need to act a little bit more professional if this is going to be televised on national TV. But also, the drivers need to have personality, need to have a little bit of fun. And if we take the fun out of this, then it, then it really loses its appeal. That's what this is. It's about fun. It's about putting a product on television so fans can watch. Yeah, I know it's not the real thing but the real thing's not possible right now. I said that last week, so let's have fun. But I think it also there needs to be a level of taking it seriously since that there is a little bit of money being pushed around by sponsors and, and such here. Especially for these teams, there's been in the real world some teams concerned about not getting the sponsor money to continue operating, and if they can get a little bit for these races, it'll help them just that much more. One other thing tune into a couple classic races this year is Fox and NBC and everyone putting some of those on. So able to tune into some of those as well. We'll hold off some arguments for next week, but next week we'll we'll talk about the racing between then and the racing now here on the this quarantine version of the Left Turn podcast. I'm not in quarantine, just practicing social distancing, but those terms kind of being floated around as the same right now. Still don't know how long this will be. How long till real racing hits the the real racetrack? But at least looking into the month of May, hopefully, that's all it is. But we need to stay safe. Everyone needs to stay safe, and the, the sports leagues need to keep everything safe. NASCAR has saw some things that NASCAR has floated out there the possibility of running races without fans and and how that would work. And I know a lot of people, how do you run a race without fans? Well, most of the money comes from the tv deals so if races need to be run and they can do them without fans rather than lose the races entirely they're going to try to run them without fans to get at least get that that tv money so there's a lot of moving parts in, in terms of the decision making process that'll do it for the left turn this week i'm jacob blair we'll be back next week no nascar iRacing. racing they're taking off for Easter weekend with IndyCar. We'll be running a race this weekend as well, but next week we'll debate some topics and continue talking about any news that comes from the world of racing. And I'm Jacob Blair, and this has been The Left Turn for this week.